and welcome to this week's episode of the Relatable Mama podcast presented by Anchor Behavioral Consulting. I'm your podcast host, Anna Richardella, and I am a mom of two boys, two and under, a wife, board-certified behavior analyst, and the owner of Anchor Behavioral Consulting. It is my passion to help other parents feel supported and seen, and I hope that by listening to this podcast, you are able to learn something new or just feel like you're not alone. Let's get into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Relatable Mama podcast. At the time of this recording, it is February 1st, and I simultaneously cannot believe how slowly and how quickly January went all at the same time. I am not sure whether I really want February to go by so quickly because my little baby is going to be one soon, and we are planning his first birthday And I am just thinking about all of the life changes that come with having a one-year-old versus an infant. They start walking. They are learning to be a little bit more independent. Um, I'm seeing already that he does not necessarily want to be held and carried as much. He wants to move around on his own. And while that is so exciting, it's also really sad and can be very bittersweet and I think that is a really good segue into my topic for today. We are going to be talking about environmental or life changes and how we can kind of help prepare our children for different situations or scenarios like that. So the things that I'm thinking about when I'm talking about environmental and life changes are going to a new daycare or new school, inviting a new or welcoming a new sibling home, weaning from bottles, weaning from the pacifier, moving into a new house, going from a crib to a toddler bed, diaper to potty. So we're going to dive in a little bit to all of those things and how we can really help prepare our children because preparation is key for all of us, I think, and having those strategies prepared ahead of time to help you and your child best make those transitions. I am going to start by talking about um, going to a new daycare because this is something that both of my kids just experienced um, in the past month in January. They started at a brand new school and For us, this was not something that we were really planning to do. We had always been very happy with our previous daycare, and my older son had been going there since he was four months old. It's something that I talked about on previous episodes, and we really started to notice at drop-off in particular that my older son was much more reluctant to go into his classroom. He was often crying, tantruming. He would acclimate very quickly once he was in the classroom, but he was very resistant to going in. And we started to think about what the factors would could be for that and why that might be happening. And as we were paying a little bit closer attention, we were starting to notice that the behavior of some of the other children in the classroom was just not really what we wanted to see as parents. And both myself and my husband are people who work in the field of child development and education. We both work as um, in special education in particular. 
And we are aware of what is typical toddler behavior. We know that biting happens. We know that hitting happens. We know that tantrums happen. So this isn't something that, you know, we were observing and saying, oh, man, there's a lot of hitting going on or they're having a really hard time sharing. We know that that happens in daycares and that happens with two-year-olds. This was a little bit actually a lot more (laughs) beyond that and a lot more concerning behaviors. And we had addressed those things with the management and with some of the teachers. And really at the end of the day, there were so many of those things going on with multiple children that we had kind of spur of the moment moment decided to go to an open house for a new daycare that was a little bit further away from our house but something that had kept popping up on social media and just really looked like the daycare the new daycare shared our values and what we were looking for in childcare for both of our kids and particularly particularly for our older child who will be three in September and we were thinking about his foundation for his education and what it would look like to start preschool and we really want to make sure that we are fostering a resilient and confident child and what we were seeing when he was at his previous daycare was just not that confidence that we were hoping for and that we work on at home it wasn't carrying over his language he at home he does not stop talking he has amazing brilliant ideas and he can convey those things so well to us and They were reporting at his previous daycare that he was only saying one or two words and it really just started to get concerning for us. So that was not a short story, but long story just to say that we started to explore our options. And at this point I was thinking, you know, he turns three in September. We do have a preschool lottery system in our town that we would be able to send him to preschool if we were chosen as part of the lottery at three years old and I said worst case scenario we keep him where he is and just send him to our public preschool when he turns three if that was you know if the stars aligned for that for us and on a whim I kind of decided to go and check out this new open house at um the new daycare and I was floored in the most positive way we were so impressed I actually went with um, one of my good friends who has been on the podcast with me before and her daughter and I brought both of my boys because I think that the most important thing when you're looking at a new childcare environment for your child is to bring them with you and see how they respond in that environment and immediately both of my boys were so comfortable and I was able to leave the baby in the infant room and go into another room and I felt so confident with the people who were there the backgrounds the education that they had I was so impressed the way that the teachers interacted with these new kids and you know I know for some people you're going to say it was a 
couple minute snapshot of what things might look like but I just got this amazing gut feeling when I walked into this building and when I interacted with these people who had incredible backgrounds um you know in early intervention and special education and ABA like my background is and it just really felt like it was the right place for us and for my kids in particular so I spoke with my husband that afternoon about sending the boys to that school and by the end of the weekend we were enrolled and it was not at all what my plan was and you know it was still very bittersweet to have to tell our previous daycare that my son had been at for two years that we were no longer going to be with them with teachers who we did really love and that we were going to this new school and I think for any parent and for any person really change is scary and change can be really hard and so when we were preparing my older son in particular for this big life change we did ask the new school the new daycare if we would be able to do a trial day now I was already in rolled at this point but this trial day was really for him to get to explore his new classroom and meet his teachers and his peers with me still present so that he was able to get a little bit more comfortable before it was just drop off see you later have a great day and so I did really appreciate that the director um, and the owner of this new daycare allowed for me to stay in the classroom with him we stayed for an hour we participated in circle time and some independent play he got to meet the teachers and I got to see how they interacted with the kids and again I am a professional in the field I go into schools regularly to see children and so I know that teachers can put on a front when you're observing in the classroom but you could tell by how the children in the classroom were responding to the teachers that this is how it is all the time they use positive language they don't say no don't and stop this is one of my big pet peeves as a parent and as a bcba they give replacement behaviors instead of saying no running they say walking feet i never heard the teachers raise their voice even the volume of the kids in the classroom was conversational it was nobody was yelling they were excited but there wasn't screaming there wasn't crying everything that I saw that day made me think about if I were to create a daycare or a school it is exactly what I would create as a parent and as a behavior analyst so going in and having that opportunity to get my son acclimated to his new classroom was an amazing way to prepare him for this huge new change in his life and we did a lot of talking about going to his new school talking about his new teachers and you know we did take a little bit of a break in between it happened to fall around the holidays so we took a break from um, the week before Christmas all the way until the new year he was not in school and he was home with us so we had a lot of family time and during that time again we just really verbally prepared him for what was going to happen and when we would drive by his new school when we were going out places we would tell him hey look that's your new school that's where we're going to go 
And I do feel that in combination, all of those things were really helpful for him to make that transition. And that's not to say that on the first day he didn't cry. He did. And he had a little bit of a tough time when it was time for me to leave. But I wasn't even five minutes down the road when the teachers sent me a picture of him playing happily with a huge smile on his face. And I will say that that has continued. I am still so incredibly happy with the decision that we made. I think every week I say to my husband or my mom or my friend who also moved her daughter to the school that I almost wish that I had known about this sooner because I have seen such a positive change in my older son in particular and I'm seeing how much he's learning. I'm seeing how much he's growing and I'm seeing how happy he is when he's there. The pictures that we get from school, he has the biggest smile on his face in almost every single picture. Um, you know, his behavior really, I think, has changed too. We're not seeing that he's shutting down as much. We're not seeing as many tantrums when he comes home from school. And I really, really strongly believe that that is because of that change that we made for him. So if you are feeling like maybe there's something going on in the environment that your child is in for school or daycare, I encourage you to go and try and see what's going on and maybe evaluate if there is a better option. Next is another experience that we have had over the past year. As I said, my younger son is going to be turning one and so preparing for a new sibling is a huge life change for any other kids that you have in the house. Um, in my research when I found out I was pregnant with my younger son, I read that it is so important to give your toddler in particular three months between big life changes. So we knew that we were going to have to be moving him from the nursery into what we called his big boy room. And at that point, we were still keeping him in his crib. So it was really just the move from one room to another. But rooms look different when babies are sleeping. And so that is, you know, although we think that it's not a big deal, they have all the same stuff in their room. It can be a really big deal to them. So we gave three months in between for him to adjust to being in a new room before the baby was coming. Um, in order to prepare for having a new sibling, we did do a lot of reading. We were gifted a lot of beautiful books about having a baby brother and how he could help. And, um, you know, another thing that I've done for families in the past is come up with social stories that are individualized to their family about, you know, if you know what you're having, whether it's a boy or a girl, if you know the baby's name, we can add all of those things into a social story. Um, you know, if there are going to be maybe family members staying with you to help you initially, just to help prepare your other child a little bit better. All of those things I think were so helpful for us in preparing our toddler for having a new sibling. And another thing that I have stressed to other people in that situation who already have a child and are having another child is to really make sure that you're not blaming the baby when they do come. So instead of saying like, I can't play with you right now, I'm holding the baby or I'm feeding the baby, 
rephrasing and reframing what you're telling your child because when we do blame the baby for things that older child tends to feel some resentment and feel like they're missing out on things because of the baby and we want to make sure that that's not the case so instead saying I'll play with you as soon as I'm done or let's set a timer for two minutes and then I can play with you spending intentional time one-on-one as much as possible with each of your children is super important as well to make sure that they're not feeling like they're missing out on anything. Another big life transition that I am foreseeing in the next couple of months is weaning from the bottle. And so it is recommended that between 12 and 18 months of age that you wean your baby or toddler off of a bottle and onto either an open cup or a straw cup. Um, At this point, sippy cups with the hard um, mouthpiece are not recommended as per speech language pathologists and feeding therapists because they do not help to develop um, more advanced oral motor skills. So when you are weaning from a bottle to a cup, I think it's super important to help your child do it gradually. Start with just one, even just putting an ounce or two of liquid in the new cup for them to use. Um, Another option that I think is really helpful is the Honey Bear Straw Cups. You can find those on Amazon. And they are actually squeeze bottles that have a straw so you can help your baby to understand the concept of using the straw versus drinking out of a bottle. And I'm trying to think back now to when we wean Luca off of a bottle and onto a cup. I, I know that I did it gradually as well. And I believe the way that we did it and what was successful for us was to give him his formula in a starting off in the cup and then giving him the remainder of it in his bottle. So, you know, just an ounce in the cup to start. And once he finished that, then he could drink from his bottle. And I also tended to do this not first thing in the morning when he woke up and was ravenous because I think he just would get more frustrated, but maybe picking a time when they're not super, super hungry, but still motivated to drink you know, whatever it is that their preferred liquid is at that point. And so then gradually, as they're getting more successful with that, shifting to more liquid in the cup and less in the bottle until all of what they're consuming is coming out of a cup. That was what was most successful for us. And once my son moved to a straw cup, he never looked back. He has not been interested in a bottle since that point and I know that you know that experience may not be super quick for everyone so be patient and you know kind of have a plan going into it because you don't want to go into having a transition any transition and decide halfway through that you're not ready for it or you haven't planned for it and it can then become confusing for your child. So really, you know, going in with a plan I think is super important. Weaning from a pacifier is another um, really big environmental life change that a lot of kids go through. I personally do not have kids that love pacifiers. I have two thumb suckers, which is going to be 
a different story down the road we're going to have to deal with that at some point but right now my babies are still babies and I'm okay with them sucking their thumbs pacifiers are I think easier to wean from and I have seen so many brilliant ideas of how to do this um one of my friends did the pacifier fairy with her daughter so she said you know she prepared her and said okay in two days your pacifier is going to go away you're going to be a big girl and we're going to have the pacifier fairy come and visit you and the pacifier fairy she was able to pick out a toy for the pacifier fairy to bring her and she independently gave over all of her pacifiers and they all went away and she got her new toy another thing that I have seen that I really love is um, planting your pacifiers and so the baby or toddler helps plant their pacifiers in the ground outside and then the next day they come outside and there is a special treat like a lollipop or something like that I think that's a really really cute idea as well um I will say that it is not recommended to cut holes in pacifiers to help wean kids off of them it is it can be dangerous so that's definitely not recommended um and that's something that I think maybe we can do a little bit more in-depth research on like I said this isn't my area of expertise because I haven't directly gone through it with my own kids they're just not pacifier kids as much as I actually tried for them to be so something that we can all learn a little bit more about moving to a new house is another I think probably the biggest life change that you know I can imagine for a toddler I went through this myself um, without my kids and to be honest I don't know how anyone does it with kids it was stressful enough on my own with myself and my husband certainly I have moved by myself without my husband numerous times and no matter what I think it's just a stressful event so when we add kids into the mix again really important to prepare them you know just like we are preparing ourselves get your child involved let them help you pack things up talk about what you're doing, talk about where you're going. If you have the opportunity to show them pictures or walk them through the new house before you're able to actually move in, that's really helpful too so they can see their new environment. Once you are able to move in, let them help you set up their room the way that they want it, you know, put their toys out how they like them. Um, something else that you can do is use a calendar for a little bit older kids to show them like this is when we're going to move we have this many days cross off every day as you get closer you know keep talking about it as a family and I think that's just such a big overall change and it it really can be so individualized to each family you know what your circumstances are whether you're moving a town over or across the country there's just a lot that can go into preparation for that so you know just really think about those things as you're getting your child ready or getting yourself ready I think something that I talk about a lot with families when they're getting ready for a big life change is imagine that 
you get on an airplane and you think you're going to Hawaii and the pilot lands the plane and says, all right, we're in Kansas, you would probably be upset. You might be a little bit scared. You're probably going to be pretty freaked out and I would probably be mad because I wouldn't want to go to Kansas when I thought I was going to Hawaii. This is exactly what it's like for kids when we don't prepare them for things that are happening in their life, right? Especially our younger kids. They don't have as much of an ability to communicate with us their frustration or their confusion. And so when we don't prepare them for things, that's exactly how they're feeling in those moments. They're frustrated, they're angry, they're scared, they're confused. And so by helping to prepare them as best we can, talking about it, showing them things, letting them get involved, all of those things really help them to understand what's coming. Another transition is going from a crib to a toddler bed or a toddler bed to a big kid bed. This is, again, something that we went through over the past year. Um, I, <laughs> prior to having a two-year-old, I was adamant that I wanted to keep him in a crib until he was three, and that didn't happen. Um, we got to a point where he was dropping toys out of his crib at night, and he was waking us up three or four times a night, and I was ready to sleep. So at that point I said, you know what, we're going to try transitioning from a crib to a toddler bed and let him know that he is able to get up and get his toys if he drops them and see how that goes. And not to say that I wasn't extremely nervous because I was, I was nervous that he was going to get up in the middle of the night and just not go back to bed. Um, I was nervous that he might hurt himself getting out of bed. I was nervous that he might figure out how to get out of his room and come wake us up. But ultimately, you know, we did prepare him. We let him know what was going to happen. We showed him the, um, you know, bed rail that we had bought. And when it came, he helped us put it together. And I think all of those things helped to prepare him. Another suggestion that I have that I recommend to everyone is if you have a sound machine or some sort of light in your toddler's room or your child's room that you are able to change the color of the light and program settings on. Personally we have a Hatch sound machine like the first generation for kids and we program it so that it is red when he needs to stay in bed and it is green when he is able to come out of his room. We started that when he was probably a little bit under two just for him to start to get the concept of like bedtime versus awake time and it's really like a rudimentary, rudimentary alarm clock for your child. So they do sell alarm clocks that have the red and green on them that you can set and it says like stay in bed, time to get up. Um, but for little, little kids, I think it's easy enough to just use their sound machine if you already have one that you can program. And this is really helpful going forward even as your toddler gets older and maybe is no longer needing a nap or is fighting naps. You can say, okay, it is time to go in your room. You don't have to sleep, but you do need to stay in your room and do a quiet activity until your light turns green or until it's time to come out. So I do think that that in combination with 
the other preparation that we did with him for moving into a toddler bed was super helpful. I think that, um, you know, similarly to preparing your child for a big kid bed, you know, if it is possible for them to pick out their bedding or pillows or something that, you know, makes it feel like they're exerting some independence and control over things. I think that's something else that's really challenging about these big life changes is that children are feeling like they have no control and really often they don't. And so giving them some sort of control over that new situation, it can be really helpful, really beneficial for everyone involved. Last, we have switching from diapers to potty training. And again, this is hitting close to home. I just went through over our holidays, I just went through potty training with my older son. Um, I think that this is something that I could do an entire episode about, but briefly, we did a lot of gentle preparation for potty training, talking a lot about when his diaper was wet, when he had had a bowel movement, he started to label those things. He started to notice when he was uncomfortable in his diaper, um, you know, having him change standing up in the bathroom versus laying down in his bedroom on his changing pad. Um, you know, we had some potty books that we really liked. We also made a social story for him. While we were potty training, it was a very um, slow process initially, just having him sit on a potty seat or sit on the potty fully clothed so that he got used to that being up a little bit higher or you know sitting on the potty for a little bit and ultimately he was very successful in potty training and I think part of that is because one he was ready and two it was a gentle process it wasn't forceful we you know made sure that it was a positive experience for him he wasn't screaming and crying when it was time to go to the bathroom. Um, if he didn't think that it was time to go, we would wait a couple of minutes and try again. And I just think, you know, using all of that plus lots and lots of positive reinforcement praise, you're doing a great job, I'm so proud of you, and using super special reinforcers or rewards is super powerful. We found that sprinkles, like the little round sprinkles, were super motivating for him. He also really liked um, lollipops, and we found kind of healthier lollipops. And between those two things and sometimes some fruit snacks, it was an amazing experience. And I think I recommend sprinkles for everyone who is potty training because it is so quick and easy and you don't have to give them a lot for them to be super excited by it. So, you know, just to kind of recap everything about these big environmental life changes for your toddler, preparation is key. Just like we have noticed to prepare for life changes, we should give our kids the same opportunity. Even if we don't think that they're fully able to understand what's happening, we can use social stories, we can use a calendar, books, get them involved in what we're doing, and allow them to choose a reward or something special to mark that occasion. Gradual transitions are more successful than ripping the band-aid. 
rash decisions often lead to a higher level of frustration for you and for your child and lots of pushback from your child which can sometimes result in you giving in go or regressing in whatever it is and so I think that like I said it's so important to be prepared it's so important to help prepare your child for these expectations make it a clear expectation of you know what you're looking for from them and I wish you the most success if you have any of these life changes coming up I know I bounced from all sorts of topics I know I covered so much Um, I appreciate you sticking with me and I hope you have a wonderful February we are looking forward to having some exciting new guests in the coming episodes so I hope that you join us thank you for listening to this week's episode of the relatable mama podcast we would appreciate if you would like and subscribe to our podcast for updates for more information on how we can support you check out our Instagram at anchor